any new words you learned or any um uh <laughs> here's a word i what was the word uh, sounds good <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's uh, Monday, October 29th. No, 30th, 2023. It's uh, Monday the 30th. It's the 30th week in Ordinary Time. Four more weeks or maybe five more weeks till Christ the King and then Advent. So we're chugging right along. It's good to be with you. Uh, I have uh, with me today uh, my friend Father John Haran. Say hi, Father John. Hi. He's here visiting me, which I'm so grateful about that. Him and Father Jim Olson, hashtag Jimmy Chronicle is here, and Father Steve Borello uh, are here with me for the weekend and uh, have bought me lots of coffee so far, so that's good. Um, just a couple of announcements. Thanks to all of you who signed up for the Substack. We actually have over 100 subscribers already just in one week, which is really great, and I want to say thank you for that. I'm working on, actually by the time this comes out, I will have published... Um, an article kind of with, it's not my take on the Israel-Hamas thing. And the whole point of the article is like why I, I don't really have a take on the Israel-Hamas thing. But I think it's important to turn to the people who do. Um, so we look at Cardinal Pizzaballa, who's the patriarch in Jerusalem, for his uh, wisdom. But also I think he gives us not just an authentically Christian uh, perspective on the whole thing, but he actually gives us a really good example of a, of a true Christian leader. So I want to just direct your attention over there. It's kind of a long post, so it will be recorded. You can listen to the audio of me basically reading it um, if you're a paid subscriber. So paid subscribers can get access to that. Um, the free subscribers, you have to use your eyeballs and read. So that's the way it is. And uh, anyway, Father John, great to have you. Thank you. Nice what, to be here. Yeah. What um, We're boiling right now, me and you. Um, the, uh, the it's house, like 80 degrees. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. so hot in Washington this weekend. And the house where I'm living, uh, they turn the air off, and mm. the radiators are on. So you know how that is for Mundelein? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can't just switch them back over, so we're kind of just suffering. John, of course, has uh, luscious hair on the top of his head um, that prevents <laughs> sweat from rolling into his eyes, but I, I don't have that, so I might be doing this podcast with a hat on in a minute. <laughs> but for some reason, even though it's 80, I'm keeping true to my promise to you, and I'm having my coffee. Yeah, and I have to admit, I'm really enjoying the coffee this uh, today that we've had because... Is this like your third cup today? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, I usually drink the cafeteria coffee from the school, oh, yeah. and so it's not it's pretty watered down. This is like the good stuff. Yeah, this is the good stuff. High octane, as mm -hmm. Bishop Barrett would say. High octane. And you're drinking out of a, of a, a mug with geese on it. Yes. Anybody, any, any reason why that might yeah, be? Uh, Canadian geese, um, but the reason is because of our classmate Jim, Father Jim Olson, hashtag Jimmy Chronicle, doesn't like birds. He hates Especially birds. big birds, and a goose would would fit. I believe it was a goose that attacked him that time. Yeah, I think that's I think the was. childhood trauma. And that was the trauma, yes. Yeah. So he's working through that, trauma. and we're proud of him. Yeah, trauma. Hashtag <laughs> shout out to Don Eden. Goldstein, who's who I love actually. Mm -hmm, she just mm -hmm. published a book. Um, anyway, I don't know if it opened up about it to talk about it, so we won't. But John, what do you do? Right now, I teach at a Catholic school in Kankakee, Illinois. I'm teaching high school religion, and I have juniors and seniors 
and the classes are sacraments for the juniors and a world religion or um, you know interreligious dialogue with the church for the seniors yeah uh, I think a lot of times we speak badly about high school kids <laughs> we think that oh there's no hope for the generation and I know it's been challenging for you but what's maybe one kind of hopeful trend or pattern or, or something that you see in the students as it pertains to their kind of knowledge or love of the faith. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I... I You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Yeah, I honestly, um, I would say it's been an honor to be with these teens. Um, perhaps the, like the attitude of faith um, is just kind of unknown in a lot of a lot of the cases. So I find that there is not like an not necessarily like a rejection of it. I think it's just like we're not too familiar. Um, and so I don't know. I, I it's hard to say like what that hopeful attitude is, but I just think you know there's there is some hesitation, but in in general there's not like a major resistance and it's just wait, kind of waiting for that breakthrough but when when students go on retreat like they they usually have a they come back and say like i feel god's love and like that's it's always helpful to remind like just to remember that for my part like wow like how god can touch uh the team yeah it's great he's still alive to them yeah and, and i think yeah like the discovery of that is really powerful yeah i, I yeah i love that I, and what you were talking about yesterday when Father Steve came down there and gave that talk, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. some of them really, yeah, like yeah. liked it, and maybe yeah. were surprised at how much value they found in it. Yeah, and you know, I, um, I, I wouldn't call myself a skeptic, you know, but like I'm always real hesitant to be like telling miracle stories, you know. Yeah. But I think Father Steve, he's more eager to share that. And then one thing, you know, you ask about the teenagers, I think that there is more openness to that, um, and just like. I don't know, like when I would maybe ask them, like, what's reasons to believe in God? Like, miracles is like a quick one that they give. And yeah. um, and it's pretty cool. Because, like, that's what God provides. That's what he does. He does it, yeah. yeah. In the day-to-day. Um, I, I always think about Augustine and that famous passage from the Confessions, you know, late have I loved you. Beauty ever ancient, ever new. Late have I loved you. Um, and it does, I mean, we don't speak that way. Late have I loved you chilies or whatever (laughs) but like um i don't know if you've had this experience in the confessional or with people who are um sick and maybe on their deathbed or something where they they will say like i didn't i didn't have a real encounter with god or with jesus until later in my life and Mm -hmm. i wish Mm -hmm. it had been sooner you know but like augustine they look back and can see where he was the whole time and you know, they feel this twinge of regret. I wish I would have recognized you. I wish I would have been with you longer. Were you there at that um, Chrismas talk we had? Was it last year or, or two years ago? There was a man who visited, and he graduated from St. Francis High School. Hmm. I forget his name, but he gave a talk that basically said he didn't care at all about the faith. But when he was in college, he had some encounter that really struck him. And basically, he said to us, I was surrounded by and like always offered Jesus and I didn't care. Yeah. But then later, like you realize like what? Like this is the fulfillment of my desires. I didn't even know it. Yeah. 
Um, and that gave me some hope too. Yeah. <laughs> Just to say like, okay, like you say, even if it's later on, we it's beautiful. Yeah. That you can offer. And this is probably a crude analogy to use, but um, there's a guy who is here um, and was telling me about that he has kind of like an infection going on um, that they found in a blood test. Hmm. And the, the doctor was like, are you sure you don't have any symptoms? Like you don't feel anything there or whatever? And he was like, no, I don't mm-hmm. have any idea. Uh, but just the idea of like this, this infection, whatever it was, came in somehow and laid dormant for a really long time and then it's showing itself now. And I've heard faith compared to that before in exactly the mm. context that you're mm-hmm. saying. That that guy, he had a great foundation implanted in him, almost like an infection. <laughs> That's why it's crude, right? Because mm-hmm. faith's mm-hmm. not bad, like an infection. But but it lays dormant, and then sometimes it, it crops up at the time when it's fully cultured, so to speak. Like and yeast. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Sort of. Yes, but yes, yes. And then... Um, yeah, and then we'll just run with that analogy, right? We become leaven for the world, and we put too much in, and then we're the episode of uh, any of your your hit '90s sitcoms where they try to make bread and blow up the oven or whatever because <laughs> it's too much too much leaven. But how that idea of I was outside of you, but you were within me. You were with mm-hmm. me, but I was not with you. That's what Augustine says. Um, and I fell on the lovely things of your creation, but they wouldn't be lovely had you not even had you not mm-hmm. been in them. So I was with you, even though I didn't know it. That's so kind of... I sought you in those things, right? Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. And you were in them. That's why I think Augustine, one of the things from him that helps me the most is his idea that most of our areas of sinfulness can actually, like, if, if you stay on that path long enough to get past the sin, Mm. it will actually lead you to the fulfillment Mm -hmm. of whatever your desire is, you know? Yeah, it's sort of like saying, what am I really looking for? Yeah. Like, what am I, what do you desire? Yeah. Like Jesus says, what do you want? Yeah. Yeah, we would use that analogy a lot at Chesterton when we were talking about chastity and the Sixth Commandment. You know, what you're looking for is intimacy, love, communion, reciprocal love, you know, and you think what is going to satisfy you in the moment, pow, is this momentary act of unchastity, but actually... If you just stayed with that desire and turned over to the Lord and went to Him, you know, it's a highway. Don't get off the exit too soon. You'll never get to where you're going. But the desire that you're looking for is actually a good desire at the end of the day. What was the word from our uh, Theology of the Priesthood class where you take the chastity and then sublimate? Sublimation. Yes. It's not oppression. It's not suppression. It's sublimation. Sublimation. <laughs> that's sublimation. But I, but that's that's what you're saying though. Like you you you're not like falling into the desire, but you're allowing the desire to lead to a transformation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The desire becomes almost like combustible fuel in yeah. you to and, drive you on. And so we, you can say the desire itself isn't the problem. No, no. And I remember that's that's something that we would often talk about. Like, what is your habitual thing? And then you say, all right, well, the habitual thing is not the problem in itself right it has to be looked at and mitigated or whatever but it's not the problem in itself it's actually indicative of something much deeper you know which i love that um and uh, that's one thing that we, we were talking about that this morning right about anger mm-hmm, anger being mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anger is what's actually, around that yeah anger is the secondary emotion 
And oftentimes it's the growth out of something deeper that actually, if you address the something deeper, then the anger almost takes care of itself. Yeah, and um, most of the time. You know, it's, I am tempted to mention the gospel today, you know, but like we'll get there. But yeah, how often are we, when we're angry, it's not about the thing that it's you're angry about, but it's like something else. Yeah. Like you're usually frustrated by what someone said 10 minutes ago and now it's being unleashed on this next person. Or, or even something that happened to you 10 years ago. 10 years longer. ago. That's, yeah. that's how... That's how the heart and the mind like work. Like a volcano. <laughs> like a volcano sometimes. <laughs> Very unhealthy. And it, and it comes out in ways that you simply don't mean it to. Um, and that's the way it is, you know. But um, And it can be scary. It can be really odd. But what's the remedy for it? It's the gospel, of course. So um, let's read that and then kind of go from there. So this is the gospel for the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's Matthew 22, 34 to 40. When Jesus heard, when, sorry, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Through the words of the Holy Gospel, may our sins be wiped away. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, this is a continuation of Matthew 22, which we've been spending time in now for a few weeks in a row. And... Um, there's a part in there where, you know, so the Pharisees test him. They, they know what they're doing. They kind of flatter him, right? That was last week. Um, teacher, we know that you're a truthful man, that you teach the way of God in accordance uh, with the truth, that you're not concerned with anyone's opinion, etc. right? And then um, he kind of tricks, not tricks, but he silences them. He silences the Pharisees and then the Sadducees. And now... Um, the scholars of the law come to him and try to do the same thing. Why, Father John, is it significant that a scholar of the law, the Jewish law, would try to get Jesus to narrow down the commandments to two? Right. I was wondering about the test, you know, because it says it's clearly a test. Yeah. But And they ask what's the, the greatest, right? Yeah. Um, How many commandments... Is Jesus being asked to narrow down into two? Wasn't it? I actually don't remember the total. Is it two hundred something? Yeah, six hundred. Okay. Remember and, <laughs> yeah. and thirteen. You were right there. Yeah. You were right so there. Close, so yeah. close. Yeah, so close. You're right there. Six hundred uh, and thirteen laws yeah, in the law. Yeah. Different rules, different things. And anytime anybody says, I, I love this on Instagram comments, like, well, if you're gonna believe, you know, what you say about, you know, this moral issue, gay marriage, abortion, whatever. From um, the Old Testament. Yeah, then you better not that, be mixing yeah. fibers, right? Yeah, you better yeah. not be eating dairy and meat mm -hmm. together. You better not be doing this. And so that's always a really kind of good time to, to talk about what actually is the Bible, first mm -hmm. of all. But what is the law? What does it mean that Jesus says he's come to fulfill the law? And maybe another podcast topic would be, or maybe a, a Substack topic, actually. Maybe Father John should be my, my, my writer on my Substack. He could be a guest for me with all his free time. But um, a question that I think is worth 
asking is, you know, what does it mean to say that Jesus has come to fulfill the law and not abolish the law? And why, for example, don't we follow those whole 613 laws? But we do listen to other parts of the Old Testament. We do listen to Genesis. You know, I say authoritatively that I'm made in God's image because Genesis told me to. Then why aren't I looking at Deuteronomy or Numbers or Leviticus and looking at the law there and saying, ah, that's authoritative too. Don't mix your your dairy and your meats, you know. Anyway, that's another topic because there's a lot to unpack here. And living in Washington, as I do, I've been following a lot of fun um, Instagram accounts about Washington, D.C. and just different parts of life here. Washington, D.C. is a place that has exploded in growth lately. And um, our joke is that almost all of Washington was built in the last 15 minutes. It seems like the neighborhoods all have these huge... You guys are staying in one, in Mm, Airbnb. mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. These beautiful new apartment buildings, and there's young people everywhere, and lots of kind of things coming to D.C., consulting jobs and stuff. And the joke of these Instagram pages is like the annoying sort of 20s, late 20s, early 30s lawyer mm. dude who thinks he knows everything about the law. And going, uh, and the, the memes are all about going on dates with these people. And like oh, that's really? all they want to talk about is law. No way. Or all they want to talk about is politics or whatever. And this would be a yuppie? It kind of say, or well, it would modern be, equivalent or something. It would be whatever we are. I don't know. Yeah, oh, it would okay. just kind of. It maybe. It would, I don't know about. I actually don't know what a yuppie is to be honest. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot. Young urban professional Protestant. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that must be. I don't it. know. That must be. It. That must be. It. Yeah. Um, yes, I. I don't know. Uh, John, when you laugh, you make the sound bars go all the way. To Whoa! The top. I love that. Back, so, back so, and back. No, keep laughing. Um, that's really the podcast today. Keep laughing. <laughs> Have a good day. Uh, Just kidding. So well, yeah, I was—I thought you were going to go into like people break the law in DC. <laughs> well, and, and that's the funny thing is like how like we—you mentioned the the stop signs or the red lights. Exactly. Yeah, yeah this is such an ethical city, as you know. <laughs> Um, but just when the scholar of the law puts on his scholar of the law outfit, right? And a lot of times, this is what makes us, whatever field you work in, right? This is what makes sort of the seasoned people go crazy. Mm-hmm. It's funny to watch the older priests look at the younger priests who come right out of the gate, and they, as we all did, right? Yeah. And we think, oh, I'm yeah. gonna teach. I know mm-hmm. this. You know, I know you're, the law, yeah. You know, but it's not like let me be really kind of a fervor for the gospel no it's like you're paul on top of your chalice is crooked are you a liberal you know Um, and so we get fixated on these minute details of the law and and those are important but they're only important in the context of the wider thing and so it's i think maybe the scholar of the law thought he was doing it to test jesus but actually you know he's looking for something himself of course as everyone who goes to jesus is so he asks Jesus a very difficult question. Teacher, we have all these laws. Which one? He actually doesn't say which two, right? He says which yeah, one which is, the greatest. is the greatest. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. What is your whole heart? Great question. <laughs> what does it mean to, to do something or to love someone with your whole heart? And do you think, do you think it's possible? Well, it's funny. I think we know what it means to not do it, right? Like, I know what it, it is to be half-hearted. Yeah. And maybe we exist on that a lot of the time, you know, do things kind of just going through it. But 
and to do it with your whole heart. Yeah, that's intense. Who do I love with my whole heart right now? No one. I don't. I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't think I do. And isn't that funny? Like when people ask about celibacy, for example, and we mm-hmm. say, "Oh, mm-hmm. we, we want to love the Lord and His church yeah, and our whole heart." Yeah. Well, like every human, <laughs> that's the goal, but it's very difficult to do that. I don't know that I've done anything with my whole mind in a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not doing I'm not doing this podcast with my whole mind. I'm still trying to remember the title of Don Eden's new book. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about getting gas in my car. I'm thinking about how hot it is in this room. I'm thinking about our dinner reservation, you know. I'm not here on this podcast with my whole mind. Mm-hmm. And you guys who are listening are driving or listening to kids in the background or wondering about whatever you're wondering about. And you're not listening to me with your whole mind, which I'm trying not to be insulted by. But how could you? You know what I mean? How, could how you? can you do that anyway? Yeah. I, and yeah, I teach in a school, and so it's always like a... Maybe I joke about that, like students. <laughs> it's unusual to listen with a full attention. Attention. How yeah. can you though? Yeah. But how can you? Yeah. I so. used to say in class, I used to say, "I'm asking for your full and somewhat divided attention," because <laughs> that's all you're ever going to get. Yeah. So I, I think what it boils down to is just this this kind of observation that what Jesus is proposing here and everywhere really seems to be asking a lot. It seems to be really asking. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's one of those gospels that you kind of like say, "Oh yeah, I've heard that before," you know. Not that I'm Tune trying to be flippant, but yeah, it's like, "Well, love God first, of course." And like most people would, I I think say like, "I love God," you know what I mean? But then to really put that in perspective of your whole heart and your whole mind and, and realize, well, if you really think about it, like, no, I'm not doing that. What does or that? How, mean? how can I do that more? You know. I'm looking. You guys can hear me probably typing right now. Because um, there's that poem from Pedro Arupe. Oh. We got it at IPF, remember? That's right, yeah. Nothing is more practical than finding God, than falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you're in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, whom you know, what breaks your heart, what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. And I'll put that poem in the show notes for you because I, I, I want that's be, great. It's great to pray with. But, you know, I mean, it's as simple as the decoration in your home, you know, or the speech, you know, um, of your that you use with your friends or the people that you hang out with. And that's not to say you're only allowed to hang out with Catholics who agree with you. (laughs) If you do that, you will become unbearable, I promise. No one will want to hang out with you. Hmm. But the idea is that we should be able to tell a lot about what Hmm. we, who we are, what we believe, by how we present ourselves, by where we end up, how we spend our time. Um, And that's really like the difficult thing of of when we say what does it mean to do something with our whole heart mind and soul with our Mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the bottom line is that it does seem to be asking a lot cardinal schoenborn has that book um jesus's school of life which i love that book so much but in that book he talks about discipleship and the growth of a person in discipleship and he says that part of a person's conversion 
over time, he says, is that the whole network of relationships around a disciple will change. Mm -hmm. The whole network of relationships around them will change. Either the people within the relationships will change, their circle will actually be different, or because of that one person and their example and the way they live, the people that they relate with will become different mm -hmm. because of that mm -hmm. witness, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that the witness to the world, because the love of God, you know, Jesus himself even says, you want to pray, then you got to go in, right? Go into your inner room, close the door, and your father who sees in secret will be with you. So it's not about that sort of I'm going to stand on the street corner, as we saw today somewhat out by the National Mall, people preaching and handing things out. Mm -hmm. But not that that's bad necessarily, but it, the second is like it. <laughs> you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that is going to be the main indicator for people of what we believe and of who we are but it will also be for a lot of people i, I saw someone uh, something that the other day that said you know you may be the only bible that someone reads mm -hmm. and i thought well that's cheesy <laughs> but then i thought more about it and that's that's profoundly true you may be the only bible that someone reads what's that the quote from paul the sixth uh, the world will listen to teachers but witnesses, yeah. I forget. The world, what is it now? The world needs, it's an Evangelion Inciandi, I think. The world needs witnesses more than it needs teachers. And insofar as it listens to teachers, it is because they are witnesses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right, I think. Yes, that sounds right. Insofar as they listen to teachers, it's because they're witnesses. And there's the old adage, right? You see it all the time on elementary school walls. Like you'll, people won't remember what you say, <laughs> but what? How they, how you made them feel. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I have to admit the um, this question from the scholar of the law saying he's testing Jesus. Um, again. Like those tests uh, and that attention to detail that you mentioned in a, in, in a culture of wanting things to be right, um, it seems like there's a there's a, an element of like I want to get you, you know, like I caught you or I got gotcha, yeah. like you're yeah. out, you're out of line and something. Yeah, and um, it's it's interesting that I think we see that in a new way with social media, but also like here it is in the gospel and Jesus's response is love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and and that kind of undercuts in a way like this. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't think that the scholar expected that answer at all. Yeah. Which is what, what Jesus is so frustrating sometimes. Um, because he gives us answers in our own prayer that we don't expect. What does it mean to love someone as yourself? Yeah. What does that um, mean? Right, I, I, I don't have a way to say it, but, um, but we do give attention to like self care. Um, but do we really love ourselves? I yeah. think is a question you could ask. Like, how often am I, um, actually not, you know, I don't like myself. Like, how often that might be a, a reality, even if we don't say it. Yeah. And then, like, how do I? How am I supposed to love? Yeah. How do I love others? What's the other place that Jesus says something like the whole? This is the law and the prophets, like it hinges on that. I don't know. Do unto others <laughs> as you would have them do unto you. Oh yeah, okay. 
do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So one way that I've heard that line explained, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, is that I love you as if you were me. I love you as myself, as if you were me. And so the way that I look out for my own good is the way I'm going to look out for your own good. <laughs> and the way I'm going to look out for my own protection or my own life or my own success or my own whatever, I'm going to look out for you. And, um, you know, you don't want to become over psychological about it, right? So if I don't love myself enough, then I'm going to be mm -hmm. really mean mm -hmm. to you. But what do they? What do we say about bullies, for example? Mm -hmm. Why do people mm -hmm. bully other Insecurity. people? Yeah, oftentimes you never hate in someone else something that is not present in you. Say that again. You never hate. You don't hate things don't in other have. people that is actually not also present in you. Oh, you mean like a vice? Like I, I'm frustrated by this person's, you know attitude but reality is you have a similar attitude yeah exactly or so the like a kid who bullies someone you know the sports kid bullies the theater kid why because the oh. sports kid just wants to be authentic and himself and the theater kid is doing that and the mm. bully can't do it so he makes the theater kid feel bad mm. hypothetically of course <laughs> <laughs> uh, or or something like that right mm. but mm. then really what does it do it makes the other kid feel terrible and right, very insecure right. and then both of them are reduced to this mm -hmm. kind of self-hatred mm -hmm. in a way so that's maybe what i'm talking about that the people who are sometimes the most miserable are the people who are coming off in some way as being having it all together and the people who are trying to ridicule or bring other people down actually have a very low opinion of themselves um which is a sad kind of cycle then of because then you pass it on right and, and they say a lot of people who, who perpetrate abuse were abused themselves. A lot of people who are bullies maybe were bullied themselves or have a difficult life at home or whatever. Hmm. So I've just been thinking about this a lot. And uh, I've been reading this really short book from a guy named Johann Baptist Metz, who's not Michael Metz. A priest for the Archdiocese of Atlanta, Father but Michael yeah, Father Michael Metz, but Johann Baptist Metz. This is a really short book. It's fifty-two pages, so short. Cool. Um, and the book is called. The book is called Poverty of Spirit. Excuse me. And it's a book that I read when we were at Mundelein, but I'm kind of bringing it out again. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in the very beginning, in the foreword, uh, Mr. Metz, Father Metz, I don't know what he is. Um, kind of makes this argument that you can't begin a spiritual life until you have a really earnest relationship with yourself. And this is, again, in line with Augustine's beautiful line, who is it that I love when I love my God? And who is it that my God is loving when my God loves me? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't... I don't, if I, I don't have some sense of who I'm presenting to God, and it's hard mm -hmm. for, for God for me to recognize God encountering that person. But then, you know, you get stuck into Gaudium et Spes 22, where Jesus reveals the human person to him or herself. So actually, any kind of self-knowledge is already the work of grace in your life. But again, that's another podcast. So <laughs> um, self-acceptance, Johann Metz says, is the basis of the Christian creed. Self-acceptance is the basis of the Christian creed. Assent to God starts in our sincere assent to ourselves, just as sinful flight from God starts in our sinful flight from ourselves. In accepting the chalice of our existence, we know our obedience to the will of the Creator. In rejecting 
the will of the creator. We reject God. Knowing the temptation that humanity itself is, knowing how readily we try to escape the harsh distress of the human situation, knowing how difficult it is for us to bear with ourselves and how quickly we feel betrayed by ourselves, knowing how difficult it is for us not to hate ourselves, we can then understand why God had to prescribe self-love as a virtue and as one of the greatest commandments. That to me is one of those like bazooka phrases, you know? Well, it just seems like unexpected, mm-hmm. you know, like this true, you're saying like a commandment to love yourself and that even that, what it was itself acceptance being mm-hmm. at the heart of, of it all. Like that's Christian just surprising period. that someone would like say that. Yeah, because what's so often the narrative? That's well, maybe a self-denial, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, Jesus himself gives us yeah, that, right? Course, if yeah. you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And I guess that's maybe saying like we have both good and bad you know what i mean and so there's yeah but <laughs> but what and like this but what is met saying yeah he's saying like the the things and this is that pithy kind of whatever however you want to listen to it in right that the areas of our greatest woundedness become the areas of our greatest life and truly to recognize that um why why even accept yourself i mean god loves you like drop yeah, that's right but like he loves you like so there is a sense to recognize that and so often i think we're afraid of it or i don't know just unsettled to to really go there kind of like you say you run from yourself he loves silly old sinful wayward me how is that possible how is it possible well um and i think the temptation though is to say i can love myself when i've stopped with this habitual sin Mm -hmm. i can love myself when I have stopped being the way that I don't like myself being. Think of Paul in Romans 7. Why do I do what I don't want to do? Why do I do what I don't want to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a mystery. It's the great mystery of iniquity. And Jesus saying, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, is totally consistent with Metz saying, I have this temptation to hate myself because of my cross, because mm-hmm. of my difficulty. Mm-hmm. But the Lord is saying, no, self-acceptance is the starting point saying wherever you are there you are and that's where i've met you so let's go (laughs) i think uh so he finishes that by saying we must learn to accept ourselves in the painful experiment of living and we must embrace the spiritual adventure of becoming human we must learn to accept ourselves in the painful experiment of living we must embrace the spiritual adventure of becoming human so living life is very painful <laughs> it can be very difficult to call it come into this place of self-acceptance because there could be a lot of things about life or a situation that we just don't like or we don't know what to do with or we don't know where to go with them but then if we haven't arrived in that place of self-love then it shouldn't surprise us that we have difficulty in our relationships with other people because we're going to be constantly tailoring ourselves in in, uh, engaging in impression management so that others will love me and that I will love Mm -hmm. myself as you (laughs) it's like the total opposite I don't know how to say it the opposite way and Father Steve was saying that too right like if I don't love myself I'll try to make you love me (laughs) at all costs Uh, yeah right and like yeah and then I'll be frustrated and then I will find myself love in your love for me yeah but you may not love me yeah right or you may be loving me as you love yourself and if you don't love yourself and you're loving me as you don't love yourself then you're not loving me with love and then it's just like this chain reaction Yeah. yeah 
The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. You can hear me typing in the background. Because that was one of the questions that I had for this week for our friend, GreekBible.com. Um, the word depend, Father John admitted to me earlier that he does not listen to the podcast. That's correct. And he maybe will listen to it now <laughs> that he's been on it, but I don't really know. Um, we'll see. But the, the that word depend... So, oh, Father John, every week in the podcast, I try to find words that I don't know what they sure. mean or I wonder what they really were in Paul. Greek. Mm-hmm. So we go to our friend, GreekBible.com. I see. Um, everyone, by the way, GreekBible.com, I got an email from them this week that they redid their whole website, and I'm on it for the first oh. time right now, and it's pretty amazing. So anyway, the Greek word there, the whole law and the prophets, depend on these two commandments. What does that mean? Well, it's the Greek word kremanimai. <laughs> I don't know. You're good at Greek, aren't you, Father John? No, this really. word right there. What is it? Oh. Yeah. Krenanumi. Krenanumi. Something like that. But look at what it means. It doesn't say depend. In fact, we think of depend. Okay, something's is, like is attached to it. Yeah, yeah, built up on it. But that word, krenanumi, <laughs> it means to hang or suspend. To hang or suspend. Isn't that fascinating? So the whole law and the prophets, it's not that the law and the prophets are built on that, but actually it's that the law and the prophets are hanging on it. They're suspended from those two commandments. And so it's if those two things are weak, then they're not going to hold. If the two commandments are not present, if you're not living them, then the whole law and the prophets, the moral life, the virtues, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the interest mm-hmm. in the whole other thing is mm-hmm. never going to last. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a good place for us to kind of hang it up or suspend <laughs> it <laughs> to depend our podcast here hmm. um, is to just leave it in that place and to say, what, what, what does it mean to do something with my whole heart, my whole mind and my whole soul? Have I ever done that? Have I ever loved anyone with my whole heart, mind and soul? Can I ask the Lord for the grace to love in that way? But first, can I ask the Lord for the grace of self, self-acceptance mm-hmm. to say, mm-hmm. I won't, it's not that I'll be loved when or I'll be loved if or mm-hmm. I'll be okay in this or that circumstance or context, but where I am now is where he is with me now. Mm-hmm. And this is Jusani's point that reality is always positive, which we always come back to because reality is the only place where God is found. So whether you're on the heights of heaven or in the depths of a garbage pit, yeah, grateful to be here, yeah, <laughs> uh, then God is with you there. God is with you there. And that's not a pious gobbledygook saying, but that is the truth of it, that he is with you and that he is revealing you to yourself so that he, in yourself you might recognize his image and therefore he reveals himself to you in that. Very nice. Period. All right, Father John, any last uh, statements? Um, it's uh, good to be with you. Thanks for having me on to talk. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, it's nice to pray with the scripture and think about that. And, um, can, we're, uh, yeah, I think, you know, simply, simply asking, reflecting on these same questions, uh, what's one way I can accept myself before God, uh, and one way to love a neighbor and, and continue to love God first and foremost, or like increase the dial on that full mind and full heart. Amen. All right. Well. 
Have a good week, everybody. See you later. Subscribe to the Substack, pilgrimsprologue.substack.com. And uh, go look at Love Speaks, the podcast, which is now on Apple, Spotify, and also on the Fio Catholic app. See you later. <laughs>